I spent in vanity and pride, caring not my Lord was crucified, knowing not it was for me. tell you you cannot go wrong with George Bev Shea. You can hear a lot of his music exclusively and only on my radio station, the Morning Brew Christian Podcast Show. Welcome to a very special evening edition. How's everybody doing? This is CA on air personality on the iHeartRadio network. I'm here at my uh, home base studio, Face Studio 2, in uh, just a little bit outside of uh, just a little bit, I should say, a little bit outside of downtown Fort Worth, about 10 minutes outside. But uh, it's a Friday, so we've got some great things that we're going to do. we got the Friday dance song coming up. But first, let's get a little bit of James Brown. That's right. God has us too. Isn't that right? Okay. So, let me see. I got to look on here. Y'all bear with me because I'm at the home base studio, so don't have everything at Face Studio One. So, uh, let's get this one going here. By the way, before I'm fishing this up on our computer system, I want to remind you too that, yes, indeed, Deacon Paul Brown is here this evening here at my home base studio, and he'll be talking to us for a little bit. 
And uh, we'll just be kind of shooting the bull for a little bit, I guess you could say. Not really shooting a bull, but just talking a little bit. And then we got a great Billy Graham that's going to be coming up. And y'all are probably like, which one is it? It's called The High Cost of Living. I'm sorry, The High Cost of Low Living. Back in his 1987 crusade in Columbia. Uh, yeah, in Columbia is where that one was. Okay. All right, here we go. That's what happens when you're at your home base studio. How about David Bowie? A little bit of the Friday dance. Get those dancing shoes on now. Boogie woogie. Well, that was a little bit of a little bit of the uh, let's dance. Goodness gracious. That's like how I do better, it seems like, on the mornings on doing our show taping than on the evenings when I'm a little bit in Desiree-type mode. You know what I mean? <laughs> Deacon's over here laughing at me. All right. Well, you got to hear a little bit of it, so that makes me happy on a little bit of the Friday dance. All right. So, what do you say? Let's go ahead and bring him on. Then we also have the... Uh, John Wilder coffee song. So here we go. Let's get a little sister sledge for the deacon. Deacon Paul Brown, Castleberry Baptist Church in Tyler, Texas. Bring them on, brother. Sister Sledge, so what do you say? Let's give him a uh, evening cheer. 
what about some hand clapping for this evening for the deacon? How about some evening crow? Alright, let's laugh at him. Why not? Whistle. Alright, drum roll. He's got to have the fanfare. Countdown for the deke. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. There you go, guys. Your friend, my friend. Special evening edition here at Face Studio 2, my home base studio. Deacon Paul Brown with the Castleberry Baptist Church in Tyler, Texas. Hello, Deacon. Welcome over here to my place. See, hey, I gotta say you have a nice place there. And hello, everybody. I'm here this evening at Face Studio 2, CA's home base studio. Just 10 minutes outside of downtown Fort Worth. How you doing, buddy? Well, I'm hanging in there. How about you? Well, I tell you what, that heat's getting to me. Yeah, same thing. It, I mean, it's been getting to me, too. It's been rough. And, uh... You know, uh, my electric bill was only $150, though, 156 I should say. I got this special program with, I'll just say the name, but not that I'm advertising, TXU, where you get like uh, half off the uh, the rate after, you know, you get to a certain point. So I'm really kind of blessed in that area. Well, it sounds like that, y'all, and you know what? I'm glad because, you know what? You deserve it. Well, thank you, Deacon. My electric bill was over two hundred thirty dollars, so I'm the jealous. <laughs> Miss Mildred said, "Honey, please leave the lights on." <laughs> Little did she know that, that just cuts into the deacon's pocketbook. You know what I mean, the CA. <laughs> yeah, we've all kind of been there, uh, where our pocketbooks get a little bit, uh, especially during the winter time. Oh, I'm sorry, it's winter time, the summer time, where things get really uh, costly and outrageous. You know, and. Uh, you know, the, the sad part about it is, is it, you know, things ain't going to get any better. So we need to stay strong and stay positive and hope that this uh, heat wave will get away from us. How's it been over in Tyler? See, it has been extremely hot. In fact, that uh, upper level high that they're talking about that y'all going to be receiving tomorrow, that's going to put y'all in the 90s for a couple of days. Well, that, that high is going to be right over Tyler, and I'm telling you, they're talking, they're going to cook us like chickens. And I'm telling you, CA, I can't even imagine it's going to be roasting. The deacon's going to have to go pull out those shirts again. And I'm going to tell you something, they laugh at me every time that I'm at the farmer's market. What? Yeah, even at the mall. Why? Because they said, look at the deacon, his legs are so pale, 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 whatever you want to call it. I said, what do you expect? I'm a retiree that's in my 60s, and I'm just trying to enjoy life, strolling around the mall with my wife. You know, you have to do what, this, what they tell you to do. You know, honey, do this. Honey, do that. Honey. Oh, you're talking about the honeydews? Yeah, I'm talking about the honeydews. Oh, okay. Well, you know, you got to keep that marriage strong, and I'm sure that she likes to take you and feed you really good at the Turnip Cafe. See, hey, ain't nothing better than that chicken fried steak, yet, buddy. Mashed potatoes sliding on with that, as Mark Lavi says, that gravy. There you go. <laughs> hey, I heard that new character. I just want to say something real quick before I get ready to slide off, because I know you got to play the John Wilder coffee song, then you got another Bev Shea you're going to play. But I just wanted to tell you that I heard that old popcorn, popcorn Bob. Can't wait to round table with that little rascal. <laughs> 
You don't want to step on Popcorn Bob's popcorn, though. Well, see, hey. Yeah, yeah, I know he ain't cooking Jiffy Pop. He's cooking something, and something must be brewing in that popcorn. But he hadn't been up against the deacon, so we need to get a round table here pretty soon. You think you're going to be able to get me one? Oh, yeah, I'm going to get you one. All right, I'm going to count on that. How you did, old Dave, producer Dave. I'm ready for this popcorn. Popcorn Bob. <laughs> yeah. Okay, deacon. It's a good little short visit we had. I know you got some things you got to do. I got to get this show rolling. But you have a blessed day. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. And I'll have some more stories that I'll be able to share out there. Everybody, please stay hydrated. Freeze your water in the refrigerator if you have to. And, you know, you, you uh, freeze, I should say. And then freeze your, uh, your Gatorade, too, as well. Or your Powerade Zero. Whatever. If you need any advice, just call me. At the uh, Castleberry Baptist Church in Tyler, Texas, just ask for the deacon. Okay. Thank you for the plug, sir. All right, here we go. John Waller coffee song on a Friday. song on Fridays. Give me a good cup of coffee and Jesus in the morning. Oh yeah, you can't go wrong there. John Waller and the coffee song. Okay, well you know what? 
Uh, I want to go ahead and play another song here by Bev Shea before we get ready to do our Billy Graham Fridays. So here we go. I will sing of my Redeemer.
Amen. I'll tell you, you cannot go wrong with George Bevshay. We're going to play one more after the Billy Graham. The last flashback, it's Billy Graham Fridays. Again, this is CA, on-air personality on the iHeartRadio Network. Here we go. 1987, we're flashing back, and this is the high cost of low living. Dr. Graham, take it away. I want you to turn with me, if you will, to the 10th chapter of Mark's Gospel. A very short uh, little story in the life of Jesus. A rich man came running to Jesus and kneeled down before him and said, Sir, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus told him to keep certain of the commandments. And uh, then after he said that he'd kept all those commandments and Jesus didn't name them all because nobody has ever kept the Ten Commandments. Nobody in the history of the world except Jesus ever kept all the Ten Commandments. Nobody in this audience. And if you've ever broken one commandment, you're called a sinner in the Bible. That's what sin is. It's a breaking of the law. It's coming a short of God's requirement for us. And Jesus said, one thing you lack, young man. Jesus loved him. He was a rich young man. And Jesus loved him. And Jesus said, one thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have and give it to the poor and take up the cross and follow me. That young man, that word sad there could be translated, he was appalled. He was amazed at the answer of Jesus. You mean that I have to put Christ first over all my possessions, over everything, and I've got houses and lands and bank accounts. I've got it all. But Jesus is demanding that I take up a cross. Now, a cross in those days was the same as saying, take up the electric chair and follow me. Because it was a place where the Romans executed criminals. And Jesus was headed toward the cross. And I want to speak tonight just briefly on the high cost of low living. You remember on D-Day? Some of you don't remember that, of course. Most of you don't. I do. Eisenhower said to the troops on D-Day when they invaded Europe, there is no victory at bargain prices. Now, I don't know how you are, but my wife is always looking for a bargain. She'll go clear across town and spend maybe 40 or 50 cents to save five cents. In athletics, there are no shortcuts to success. It's so uh, it's it's a little bit frightening when the sports researcher Robert Goldman polled 198 world-class athletes, asking, "Would you take a pill that would guarantee a gold medal, even if you knew that it would kill you in five years?" Do you know what the answer was? More than half said they'd do it. In other words. They want athletic success and they want that gold medal more than they want life itself. In education, there are no shortcuts. This is a great university, one of the greatest in the country that we're on here. Dr. Holderman and his wife came and visited my wife and me for a cup of coffee this morning and we had a wonderful time together. But there are no shortcuts. Then there are people that are using drugs. And many of them are beginning to say in TV ads, it's not worth it. 
we pay a terrible price for crime, especially that's been induced by illegal drugs and alcohol abuse. Governor Bill Clinton said the other day in a speech that half of the Americans in prison are there because of alcohol and drug abuse. And that sums up to a quarter of a million people. Then Dr. David Lewis of Brown University said the other day that fully 20% of hospital patients are there because of alcohol and drug abuse. And it costs billions of dollars to the American taxpayer. Now the first point I'd like to make is the high price of sin. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. The Bible says whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Whatever you've been sowing, someday you're going to reap it. You'll reap it in this life, and you'll reap it at the judgment. Job said, even as I've seen, they that plow iniquity and sow wickedness reap the same. In Proverbs 1, it says, Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way, and be filled with their own devices. Ann Landers last month published a letter for a man who signed himself hurting in Chicago. And here's how the letter read. I need some kind of help desperately. Please come to my rescue. I'm a 35-year-old married man with three kids. I gamble every day and am in great financial trouble. My family doesn't know. I lie to everyone to cover up. The bill collectors keep calling and all we do is fight. After every loss, I promise myself I'll never gamble again. But a few days, I'm back placing bets, shooting craps and playing poker. Please help me, or I'm going to kill myself. In Proverbs 5, it says, The evil deeds of a wicked man ensnare him. The cords of sin hold him fast. I heard many years ago, I read a story about a great chain maker. And uh, his king asked him if he would make the strongest chain he'd ever make that would bind anybody and hold anybody. So he went and he forged the greatest and strongest chain he'd ever made. And when he brought it to the king, the king said, Will that hold any man, no matter how strong he is, you can tie him in that chain and he can't get loose? He said, yes, sir, I guarantee it. The king ordered the man arrested and had him chained. He had forged his own chain. And you're now forging links of a chain which will someday bind you. You don't think so now. Many of you are young. I want to ask, how many of you are under 30 years of age you are here tonight? Stand up. You're under 30. My goodness, I should have asked if there's anybody over 30 here. We welcome you. So I want to ask you tonight this question. Is it worth gaining popularity and losing the smile of God? Is it worth gaining pleasure and success and losing your soul? Is it worth being successful if you've lost your soul? Jesus said, what shall it profit a man if he gained the whole world and lose his soul? Suppose you gained everything that athlete and the athletic world has to offer. Or suppose you gained everything that money can buy. Is it worth it if you have lost the possibility of fellowship with God? 
You cannot buy sin for cash. It's only bought on the installment plan. A girl said she suffered for eight years in a letter to us because of yielding to the temptation of a moment. She had an illegitimate child. She lost the boy she was really in love with. And the end result was that she sunk into the lowest depths and turned to drugs. Was it worth it? That one moment that she gave in. Just before coming to Columbia, I received a letter from a 17-year-old girl. And uh, she had watched us from out from Tallahassee on the television. And she said, when I was 15 years old, my boyfriend forced me to have sex with him. I knew it was against my beliefs and morals. I still let the peer pressure win me over. I was too young to really know that if somebody truly loves you, they don't force such personal things onto you. I was afraid, so I gave in. I've never felt such guilt. I couldn't look him in the face. I couldn't look myself in the mirror or my parents or friends in the eye. Worst of all, I couldn't talk to God. I feel like I've betrayed God and my husband. I've betrayed that someday I may marry. She watched the last telecast from Tallahassee and a sermon that I had preached on the consequences of sex and immorality. And she wrote, we teens need to be spoken to that way. Not many adults take the time to understand this, so help. Your sermon helped me to see that I'm human and do make mistakes, and the Lord does forgive, and I'm not a total outcast. Yes, God forgives. That's why Christ came and died on the cross, so you can have forgiveness. That's how we're saved, is coming to the cross. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses from all sin, any sin. You can find forgiveness tonight whatever it may be. Was it worth it to that girl? A rich man in Texas that I talked to was bitter, confused, and frustrated. And sitting on his millions, he was miserable and unhappy when he died. On his deathbed, he said, I'm lost. I'm lost. I'm going to hell. He said, I'd give all my money if God would just spare me six more weeks so I could find God and be saved, but it's too late. You see, self-indulgence is never fulfilling. A business psychology appearing on CNN said that a survey revealed that 60% of young men who start from zero and build up to making a million dollars a year or more are disillusioned about the fact that money has not brought them fulfillment. Is it worth it? We haven't learned that, that godliness with contentment is great gain. According to a survey conducted by Money Magazine, it says, money causes more arguments in United States households than any other topic in all income groups. And it's because of selfishness. Is it worth it? And yet how many people are striving to gain that extra dollar to make that extra little bit of money? In any way they can. And we overlook the fact that there's a very high price to low living. Too many think that you can go out and sow your wild oats all week, then head for church on Sunday and everything will be okay. It's not okay. You're a hypocrite. And Jesus condemned the hypocrites more than anybody else. The whole 23rd chapter of Matthew, read it sometime. The names he called hypocrites. 
how many of us wear a mask? It's like the story about the fella that was out of a job and he finally landed a job at a zoo. And they said, we put on a show every week. We have a circus that comes out from the zoo and uh, our gorilla has died. And we've skinned him and we'd like to put his skin on you and you be the gorilla. And all you have to do is just eat the peanuts and just grunt and growl at the people and try to frighten them a little bit and put on a show in your cage. Well, he didn't have any other job and they were paying good wages. He said, okay, I'll try it. So he did. And he was having a big time. But one day he slipped and he fell in the lion's cage. And this lion roared at him. And he backed up. And he began to yell, help, 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 help. And the lion said, shut up, you fool. We'll both lose our jobs. But we wear a mask. Many of us wear a mask. Our true identity is deep down inside and only God knows it. And God says we're sinners or we're hypocrites. We need to repent and turn by faith to Jesus Christ. Too many think that you can live any way you like and get away with it, but you can't. Be sure your sin will find you out. A famous talk show host quoted the statistic some time ago that 27% of all of every entertainment dollar in America is spent to stimulate sexual thrills that run into the hundreds of billions annually. And Americans wish they had more money to spend on sex. According to a research report entitled Americans and Their Money in Money Magazine, a third of adult Americans think that if they had a fatter wallet, more money, they'd have better sex. Is it worth it? There was a beautiful star I read about the other day in Europe. She's hiding. She said, I don't want fans to watch me age. I'll never give another interview or pose for another picture. Let me tell you, it soon is over. And it's not long till you have a day of reckoning. The world's stars burn out. Its idols fall. Its favorites wane. Its glamour fades. Its popularity passes. Its days are numbered. The world system as we know it is passing away. And only you that know Christ and are doing the will of God are going to last forever. Satan, of course, will seek to trap you. Now, what is the world system? When we talk about the world system being against us, what does that really mean? It means the persons, the places, the pursuits, the pleasures from which God is left out. If God's left out of any phase of your life, that's a part of the world system. And it says the world system is controlled by the devil. He's the prince and power of the air. It's the system of evil that undergirds the world. Not everything in the world is bad. That's not what I'm talking about. I mean, there's a, there's a, a, a system that the devil himself runs. And the Bible says that this world system is controlled by the devil and deceives the whole world. There's a new book out. It says that 70% of successful people suffer from the impossible phenomenon. Do you know what it is? Even though they're admired and respected, they're afraid that someday they're going to be found out. 
There are secrets that you are hiding. The Bible calls them secret sins. You don't want to be found out. The Bible talks about the world as being the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. The word lust means desire, selfish desire, almost uncontrollable desire. And this may be in the physical realm, or it may be in, the, in our imagination. The lust of the eyes could be daydreaming. That's the reason Job said, I made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully at a girl. And in the realm of ambition, the pride of life, in other words, to be the big star, to be the big cheese in your group, at your office, or in your neighborhood, or in your family. It's not worth paying the price. It's too high. First, there's the high price of sin. Then secondly, there's the high price of salvation. When you come to Jesus Christ, it cost God everything. It cost God his son. Can you imagine how God felt watching his son die on that cross and watch those soldiers nail those nails in his hands and pierce his brow with a thorn crown? Can you imagine how God felt when he said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And Jesus became guilty of your sins and of your sins and your sins and my sins. He bore our sins. We don't understand it. No theologian can explain it all. But in some mysterious, wonderful way, God placed upon Christ our sins. And you must respond by repentance. What is repentance? It means that you change your way of thinking. You change your way of living. It means that you're willing to turn over your life to Christ, turn over your life to God and say, Oh God, I need you. I receive you. And then by faith you receive Christ. And the word faith means commitment. You commit your life to Christ as your Savior and your Lord. Oh, you say, Billy, I'm, I've been in the church and I try to go to church and I've been baptized and all that. And one night in a meeting just like this, I made a commitment to Christ. And it changed my life. It cost God his son. Because you were redeemed not with silver and gold. But with the precious blood of Christ. God paid the price for you. And it's by grace. You don't deserve it. When the Grammy Awards were given out earlier this year. The album of the year I think was entitled Graceland. And every believer in Christ lives in grace land because grace means Christ's unmerited favor to the undeserving. The apostle Paul wrote, Ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. You see, Jesus Christ made the supreme sacrifice on the cross for your pardon and your salvation. And you don't deserve it. I deserve judgment in hell and so do you. But Christ paid the price for me. And now if I come to him, God applies what he did on the cross to me. And God doesn't see my sins. He sees what Christ did. Then lastly, there's the high price of commitment. You must pay a high price. This young ruler wanted Jesus to compromise, but Jesus will not water down the message and Jesus will not compromise. 
Even though he lost a disciple, he never offered a bargain. This rich young man sold out from a triumphant to a tragic life because he was so near to life and yet so far. So rich and yet so poor. So good and yet so bad. And so wise and yet so foolish. All because he walked away from commitment to Jesus Christ. The Bible said, Jesus himself said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up the cross and follow me. That means to deny your own selfish desires. It means to put Christ first in your life. It may cost some friends. It may mean misunderstanding. It may mean that you'll have to change your career. There was a man in England. He was a famous sportsman, captain of the Cambridge 11 cricket team. He gave away his vast wealth to needy causes a century ago. And he went to China. And his slogan was, If Jesus Christ be God and died for me, then no sacrifice can be too great for me to make for him. Charles Borden was one of the wealthy men of America at Yale University. He was heir to one of the greatest fortunes in the country. He decided he was going to be a missionary. And he went toward China to be a missionary. He died in Egypt of typhoid fever on the way. And he wrote this. No reserves. No retreat. No regrets. Even though I died an early age and even though I left my millions behind. I have no regrets. I'd do it all over again. Eric Little, you saw chariots of fire and the price he paid. And yet, at the end of the story, that's not the end of the story that you saw in the film. He went on to China to be a missionary and he died in a Japanese concentration camp. Paying the price of following Christ. Would you do that? For Christ, Jim Elliot, a generation ago, went to the same college that I did a little bit after me. He became a missionary to the Alka Indians in South America. He was killed by them. Before he died, he had written, He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. This rich young ruler went away from Jesus, grieved. In a column I read the other day, it says, Today is the first day of the rest of your life. In fact, it is the initial moment of your whole eternity. Tonight, you can make that commitment and begin a whole new life. A 28-year-old man came to the meeting earlier this week and he said that he had recently attended a funeral and realized that he didn't know where he would spend eternity. And he came here and he listened to the message and came forward and received Christ. A high school girl who attends a school where several tragedies in the past have claimed the lives of students said, we've had so much in my school, I might be next. She hmm. There we go. That's a great sermon. From the late Billy Graham back in 1987, the high cost of living low. Hope you guys got a lot out of it. And if there's anything I can do to help you, 
I want you to feel free to let me know. Just email me up here at the station, morningsbrew at gmail.com, morningsbrew at gmail.com. Let's close out one more victory in Jesus. George Beth Shea, and we'll lead off in a prayer on a Friday. Share this podcast anytime, okay? Billy Graham Fridays. George. Great music of George Bev Shea. 
Boy, I'll tell you, it's been fun, guys. I uh, hope you've enjoyed it. Let's lead off in a closing prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for all you do. Father God, I just pray you watch over God and protect us. And the ones that the message had reached and touched, may they find the helps they need. And we give all this to you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This is CA going to saddle up, and I'm just going to kind of go down the hall here at uh, Face Studio 2, the home base studio. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. Share it anytime. And join on any one of our networks. Subscribe for free, okay? And we will talk again soon. Bye for now.